0: Welcome back to episode uh, fill in the blank of the Lash podcast. A lot of things changing. We have a new theme intro song for you guys that we'll be posting on Spotify as well. Because I think we have like the intro by itself posted now, Haley. So we'll have to Mm. to swap that out. And so today we have a super special, awesome guest and we'll introduce her later, but Let's get into our banter question. Totally natural banter segment.
1: So this banter question actually comes from a little uh, tidbit that we knew about our guest beforehand. And so the banter question today is, if you could be a horror movie villain, who would you be? And um, as like a side question, uh, who has the best havoc strategy?
2: Oh my gosh. That is so hard. I'm going to open that up actually a little bit more.
0: Maybe let's not just do movies, Kayla. If you want to, and Haley, if you have like one you read about in a book or in a short story or seen in a show,
2: let's do any horror villain. Honestly, I love clowns. Like Pennywise is my favorite. I think it's so creepy and I like killer clowns from outer space. Like, honestly, any clown character to me is pretty terrifying. Um, So I think that's my answer. (laughs) So you would be the clown because you think
0: just intrinsically being a clown is terrifying.
2: Yeah, I I think. I
0: 100% agree.
2: (laughs) Yeah, everyone hates Pennywise because, I mean, he goes after children. And I think there's nothing scarier than that. And. I, I don't know. I just, I like the creep factor of clowns. Ooh,
1: I, I'm i trying to, like, recount the amount of horror movies I've even seen. Um, for some reason, the only ones that come to mind are, like, the like the creepy, like, doll ones. Like, Annabelle. Like, or, like... And So, I don't know. I don't even know if that would be my, like... You
0: are very a, cute and doll-like. You would be terrifying as a doll, just so you...
1: I support well, you there. Then maybe, then maybe that's a good one. I don't know if, like... Like... I guess maybe their strategy is good. Maybe it'd be like a haunted house.
0: <laughs> you would you would house. be a haunted house.
1: Yeah, like I would be the that house. Is
0: very like, cool. Uh,
1: you know, that, what's, the, what's the movie? The like animated one? Like the scary house? Um, you guys know what I'm talking about? Monster house or something? Monster house. Yeah, I think it's monster house. <laughs> like alive. That's what I would oh, be, I think. Or there's like the Haunting of Hill, Hill House. Like that house is crazy. So I go with the house. <laughs> very, very
0: cool. I actually do have an answer for this question too. I think I was like you Haley, where I was like, what horror movies have I ever even seen? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this counts. He's definitely a villain. I think I would be based on my personality, the Riddler. I think that would be like a fun like strategy. Like you just like say a riddle and everyone's like oh my gosh like I don't know now I'm villainized <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so that's funny. a good one for you I yeah, yeah. definitely good personality thank you hey it's Haley and
0: Syra. we hope you enjoy this literal episode so this is actually our first time talking to this guest kayla vargas her sister sam is a friend of mine and sam introduced kayla to our podcast after hearing a little bit of kayla's story from sam uh Haley and i definitely knew we had to find out some more thanks again for coming on kayla and already supporting us by listening to some of our episodes and again huge shout out to sam for being a big supporter as well so Kayla will just ask you to tell us a little bit
2: literally about yourself and wherever you want to start. Got you. Uh, thank you guys for, for inviting me. This is so much fun, honestly. So um, a little bit about me. Uh, my name is Kayla. I'm an electrical engineering major. Uh, I'm, I live in Chicago. And I think one of the areas that I love the most about electrical engineering is signals and systems. And like communications is a part of that and i'm super interested in that and that's like what i hope i'll be doing when i graduate you know when i'm not doing engineering stuff i like to play video games and hang out with my husband and my cat luna
1: so i guess the first question we'll ask is maybe just a little bit more on like how you got into electrical engineering when you were younger and then like you know how you pursued it now
2: i've been asked this question before and it's like really odd because i never I never had like a, a a huge, like I didn't have a, a thought process behind it. Like it, it wasn't something that I planned for. I just when the time came for college, I was like, I want to do engineering. I, I just knew that I wanted that. But I think um it had to have, you know, you have to have some kind of exposure to, to it as a as a child, no matter what. I think. And so I think the the moment for me was my second cousin. He has a, a TV, like, or an electronic repair shop in Puerto Rico, and I would visit very, very scarcely, but the couple times that I went, I saw that, like, I saw his shop, and there were tons of, like, open electronics, and I saw all the components, and it just looked so interesting to me. And on top of that, it was also frustrating when one of our electronics would break and we would have to leave it there for him to fix. And I'd be like, oh, I wish I could fix it myself. I think that's where I had the interest uh, or where the interest in electronics began. Uh, but as far as like my schooling, I really wasn't set up or exposed to it in like a formal educational way. My schooling was more religious and, and it, we just kind of lacked balance in general I I kind of knew I was not um, going to, you know, have an easy time because I didn't have like beginner algebra in high school or anything like that, but I wasn't, and maybe it was my, my own naivete. So I, I just said, you know what, I got to do it. So that tell me where I got to, where I got to go. And, and that's where I'll start. And I started in beginner algebra and in under. Like, I think it was four semesters, I was able to work my way up to calculus, which is like the first gen ed for engineering degrees. And it was just, yeah, crazy from then on out.
0: Wow, what perseverance already in like the first couple of minutes learning about you. What are you so were you also um well sam was born here right and then she went to puerto rico were you also born here and then went to puerto rico and kind of grew up there a little bit what's your background as far as like living places and growing up
2: yeah uh we both like we moved when we were so young like i think i was one years old and she was two so we don't really remember new york all we remember is is living in puerto rico and and that's like that's about it yeah so
0: um that is that where your early schooling was in Puerto Rico that you mentioned? Yes. Yes. Okay. Would you are you able to sort of like tell us some similarities and differences between schools in Puerto Rico and schools like that maybe you've gone to in the US? I know Haley and I don't really have a good idea of what maybe differences or similarities are, or if they're
2: just one and the same completely. Um so I feel like it's, it's definitely different than over, over here. I feel like, um, but I, my experience I realize is not like a, a monolith of any sort. And um, yeah, my experience was in a private religious school and most private schools out there are uh, religious. So I, ha- I honestly have no experience with the public school education in Puerto Rico I don't really know much about it because I was in my own little bubble.
1: Yeah, that's interesting about, about the, the math too, like you touched on, that you uh, didn't learn, I guess, enough math then to, like, jump right into your degree um, yeah. over here. Um, so how was that, like, starting, like, how how were you able to, like, overcome? I, I don't know. I feel like if I wasn't, like, yet at a math uh, aptitude by the time I, like, started school, like, I don't know if that, like, I don't know, would have like held me back. So like, how did you like motivate and and pursue through that?
2: That so (laughs) when I first started algebra, a beginner algebra, I was so scared because I had heard how difficult it was. And I was definitely intimidated by the subject of math, but I knew that I had to get through it if I wanted to pursue this engineering. And there was no plan B for me. It was engineering all the way. Um, So when I I started at community college because, you know, when you have so much remedial work to do, it's kind of best financially to do that at a cheaper place. Um, So that's what I did. I I enrolled there and I had probably one of the best uh, math professors that I'll ever have at, at that college. And he just was so understanding of math anxiety and how people just feel intimidated. And um, he, he told us anything was possible and he really made, made me feel supported. And that I think played a huge role because if I would have had a negative experience, <laughs> I don't think I would have felt confident enough to keep going.
0: Wow, the importance of good professors. I feel like that just so goes without saying, but unfortunately it just needs to be said like so much because yeah, Yeah. they they do play such a huge role. That's interesting. So do you feel like after all this time, I mean, I'm not sure what level you are currently at, at math, but do you feel like you have gotten kind of used to the the grind of math or are you liking it or is it still something that you're kind of like Ooh, brings me a little bit of anxiety still because that like lack of
2: foundation and oh yeah oh my gosh I can tell you right now like what areas I'm like kind of weak in I I keep track of that because like I really do want to go back and learn it because I do love math that's one thing I found out through all of this hardship and the trauma, because there's been trauma. Calculus too is horrible. <laughs> that, that class broke me. But uh, I, I still, I really do love the subject. And I do, I just love learning in general. So yeah, and I feel like not having it at a younger age and having like a, a crash course in it and over such a, a short amount of time it definitely caught up to me by the time I reached Calc 2. And that was like a choke point for me. I withdrew from the course twice before I actually passed it because I just was so, so intimidated by Calculus 2. The idea of integrals and then, you know, the trig identities and integrals, like it scared me. And um, yeah, it, it's, I definitely say that it does take time to develop, like just, critical thinking and just an intuition on how to go about just math and and, and science problems like physics and stuff like that.
1: Props to you for being able to keep pushing towards that and still still completing that class because wow that's that's awesome and that wasn't that was probably not too long ago so how many are you om- like, are you almost to the completion of your degree or do you yeah, still have? That's
0: what I was going to ask too. Like, can you just tell us like what year in-, in school or what semester you're at? Um, just to give us an idea of the timeline.
2: Yeah. So I started and in- I started cl- a school in 2013, like fall 2013. So I've, I'm one of those people who's a late bloomer. It's going to take me, a- it's taken me a bit to get to where I am now. I'm, a year away from graduating so after this semester I just have one year and it's basically like a senior design project that's going to be two semesters long and I just have some tech electives to take and then I'm done. So just to kind of like
0: because I think this is something so many people need to hear because so many people are like terrified of math and just kind of like overwhelmed by it and so I just wanted to ask you so you withdrew from the class twice. How did you what was different the third time? and how did you get through it? So
2: wow that that's a good question. I think um, i was I was very uh, critical of myself, so it's it's easy for me to think back and un- understand like what I did wrong, and I really tried to each time make it you know, different, you know, you can't try the same thing over and over and expect different results. And that's, that was my mindset. I think by then I just, my mindset was different and I knew that I had to get through it and that I had to reach out for help if I needed. And that's the one thing I wasn't doing that I I realized I need to do. (laughs) So once I was, and it was a, it was a mess that Calc two class it definitely didn't go as planned. I ended up getting sick. I had a fever on the first exam and then I got sick for the second exam. And yeah, I was able to tell the professor like, Hey, you know, can you get me some slack? I'm struggling here. And, you know, we came to a compromise and that's, that's what taught me how important it is to communicate with your professors because they they don't want to fail you. You know, (laughs) they want you to succeed. So reach out. Those are your resources that's great advice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm sure a lot of students feel that way. I mean, sometimes I feel that way. Like oh, this professor just wants to fail me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They just don't want to see me succeed, but I think you're right. Like, I mean, they really are like it for your best interest. So, and they're a tool, like not only are they teaching, but yeah, they should, they should be helping you succeed. So that's really cool. That's I'm, I'm really impressed by like your determination, uh, like for your degree. Um, and speaking of it, other challenges, um, we were wondering if you had uh, noticed any challenges uh, from being in a male dominated uh, degree path oh and how God. you overcome some of those.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so you, you understand, you know, cause you're engineers yourself, uh, yourselves. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. I don't know what the ratio is Uh, for mechanical engineering. Uh, But at least at my school, electrical engineering has a very, very few amount of women in in the the major. And I believe, yeah, I had the statistics. uh, I I know I saw them and I was kind of shocked myself. So yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh, where to begin? You know, (laughs) it's just, you know, you want to ask for help and your TA's, you know, a male, and it's just intimidating. I feel like I, I've had so many experiences where I just felt like I couldn't ask for help uh, where I felt a bit you know just unwelcomed, and uh I definitely had to get past that because and 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 tell myself that no, I do belong here i, I No one got me here. <laughs> I had to work my way to get here. So I have to take up space. What
0: you said, you're feeling unwelcome. Like, was, do you think that's something that you were projecting onto yourself in your head or were there actual external things that were making you feel
2: unwelcome? To be candid, I've had situations where I had TAs that would ignore me uh, even though I was there like earlier um, you know, to ask questions and and they would just ignore my presence entirely um and and you you have your peers too like some some of these guys are like you just hear mutterings there was a, a situation where we had a computer science lounge and I would go there just to um because I was taking a cs course and um there was a brand new office being made. It was a women in computer science office and it was going to be placed right in, so, inside the lounge. And I was sitting there and I heard two of my classmates, women, they, they were like, women in, in engineering, What? Why, why isn't there a men in engineering office? And like, they were just talking so much stuff. And I was like, okay, I have to get out of here. Like it was. it was feeling very like, hostile almost (laughs) like they don't want you there and uh I think the CS department is where I felt the most unwelcome and I I had a TA ignore me I showed up to ask questions and they were like um yeah yeah I'll get to your question and they kept passing me over and I was so young and I didn't know how to like stand up for myself. And so I just went the whole hour, not able to ask any questions. And I got in the car, like after I left and I was crying my eyes out because I was like, what I'm trying to learn and they're just making it impossible. So yeah, there's been so many instances of that. Uh, So uh, yeah, it's, there's too many to count really. I I want to be genuine. Without it coming across as like me bad mouthing the school, you know. You mentioned
0: trauma earlier. Is that kind of like what you had in mind when you said that you were experiencing trauma? Like, what does that mean in your
2: schooling life? Oh man, I think it's it's part of like mental health, and and if you don't really value it, and and you don't really understand. What, what, you know, what taking care of yourself is like in your mental health, you're just, you know, if you have low self-esteem and and something's difficult, uh, you're just going to tell yourself, oh, well, that's because you're too stupid to do this. Clearly, you know, and I feel like that was my issue. Um, So, yeah, I know that sounds like very vague, but I I think failing as, as I felt like I had failed, you know, over and over. And, and it was kind of traumatic to me because I, I'm thinking not only in terms of like, oh, I didn't accomplish, you know, what I wanted to, but I also have student loans. So I feel like I'm wasting money and I'm letting down my family and my husband. And, you know, it's, it's like an all encompassing thing. You know, a, a withdrawal from a class can be kind of uh, it, it can it can be heavy.
0: I think that's so true. And actually, Haley, I don't know if this is uh, shameful or shameless, but I'm going to plug us for the first time. The episode that we're going to post before this is entitled imposter syndrome. And like, it's something that so many people struggle with, I think. And yes, thank you for bringing that up, because I think a lot of people need to like hear that and admit that to themselves and kind of like learn how to work through that and know that it's not really the voices in your head are not necessarily totally in touch with reality so yeah yeah we we need those other voices that are like no (laughs) you can do it you're not wasting money this is so great that you're doing this and so
1: so what are like some of your other tactics then uh for like dealing with mental health while going through uh your degree because i don't think we've i mean besides imposter syndrome i don't think we've touched on it too much so it'd be nice to like kind of hear like what you've done to keep yourself motivated in that regard?
2: That's a good question. Cause I feel like I'm changing my strategies like <sighs> forever, infinitely. <laughs> um, for, because what, once I, I realized like I need to learn, you know, to how to deal with my mental health and stress management, engineering is so, so stressful. And I wasn't doing that very well. And it was, you know, affecting my my coursework and it was just a mess right now um I I'm just consistently like if you can I really recommend going to talk therapy I know some campuses have like counselors you can speak to and I feel like everyone should take advantage of that because it's it's really important and I that's one thing I I neglected myself so much like self-care I used to scoff at it I'd be like Oh, whatever. Like I have to get this done. It's going to get done no matter what. And I would take exams on empty stomachs. Like that's not smart at all. I would, yeah, I would just run myself to the ground and and then not perform well. And how, how, how would anyone perform well under such bad conditions? You know, you have to eat, you have to rest. You, you also have to take breaks and that's one thing I was so bad at. I would study for long periods of times and, and not take any break. And that definitely does does me no favors. So <laughs> I learned to take breaks. I learned to make to-do lists and set daily goals. Like, you know, okay, I might have a lot for the week to get done, but today I'm going to be realistic and set a goal for doing two out of the two out of the 10 things on that list and that's how I I'm able to to like get through all of this stuff and also manage my stress because we see to-do lists and it's like oh my goodness I want to do it all in one day if possible but that's not realistic so yeah that's
0: those are such great points Kayla. I think I especially liked what you said when you started just like that your strategy is always changing. And I think that's, uh, that is like insightful, even, even in and of itself, because like, we're always changing. Right. And so, um, coming back to what we were talking about earlier about not knowing how to advocate for yourself and things like that. I don't know if it's just like you learn as you get older and just being an adult student. I know I've had to like tell teachers, I mean, you mentioned like they want you to succeed. I've had to tell professors and things in college like, hey, I am having a really, really hard time right now. And I've been extremely surprised by the support that I've gotten and, you know, things that the feedback they've given me because I just went and talked to them and they were like, "Okay, she's just she's not just slacking off in my class. She's just going through something. Because like, I think all of the things you've mentioned are so good to know because we're holistic, right? We're, we're human beings. We're not, oh, this is the school part of me that I sent to school. This is yeah. Kayla. This is a human being in a classroom trying to succeed. And this is Syrah and Haley. And so those are really very good things to hear.
1: Yeah. Very insightful too. And, and now I'm just kind of thinking as well. Like, I don't think I really took advantage of a lot of things like that in college. Like, I didn't really take advantage of, like, talking to professors and, and all that stuff. And now I think it's biting me a little bit because now that I'm working full time, I haven't, like, I haven't utilized the skill of asking for help in college. So now I'm, like, I'm not being able to use it in work where it's, like, I wouldn't say more important, but equally as important. And so, yeah, I don't know if you guys want to touch on that either, but yeah, I think I'm like in finding work, like, oh, like maybe I have to take a day off, but I'm like worried about it. Really trying to nail down like mental health in school will also help you succeed like later on in life.
2: Definitely. Oh, that's a lesson I learned the hard way. And, and <laughs> a mindset is everything too. If you go in with like a mentality that everything's going to go bad, then everything will go bad. Uh so you can't you, you can't let that happen. And yeah, reaching out for help was one thing I wish I did earlier because like you said, you, you're surprised when they show you, like, oh, you know, they care. And it it's not like they they think yeah, it, it is good to show them your human side because we're just we're all human and we're trying our best. Those are great points. And Haley, I think you're right. I think they're definitely
0: is some grounds for um, being able to build that skill. But I know something that I've struggled with personally and Kayla, I know that you're a little bit of an older student like I was. And so I'm not sure if you can relate to this, but I know that being older, I always felt like if people knew I was older, they would expect more from me. And so I almost was less likely to ask for help. And now I'm finding that in my job. Um, as well, I've graduated and I'm at the place where I've just recently, like this week reached out to help for the first time in a job that I've had, um, for about six months now. Um, and I've been working on the particular project that I've had for about three months now. And I'm after three months, finally, like, okay, I need a resource in this area because I was kind of like, oh shoot. Like, I don't want people to think that I can't handle it or I'm not capable, or I didn't come stocked with like, what all the other beginning, you know, all these things you tell yourself, like, of what you should be like. And so that actually like kept me from asking for help.
2: So I I don't know if you feel that Kayla, have you experienced that in yourself? You know, I think you put that so perfectly. I I don't think I've ever I, I definitely know what you're talking about. It, there's just a, this expectation, and almost not embarrassment, but th- yeah, like you feel like the the standard is higher for you. I, and I I don't think I've ever thought of it that way, but yeah, I, I identify with that a hundred percent.
0: That's interesting. It'd be it'd be interesting to know, um, like how that changes your perspective, or even just me putting into words today, like how that changes my behavior. Like, oh, I asked for help, and guess what? I didn't get fired, and I got the help. Imagine that. <laughs> Whoa! And people still think that I'm capable, you know. So, like, and that's the thing. It's like such a, like, like an unnecessary self sabotage. Because if I just continue, and you and Haley, if we just continue to not ask for help, how is that benefiting us?
2: It's not right, Haley. I I saw, like, I heard about, like, your job. You, you you're mechanical engineering, but you do a lot of like 3D printing. Yeah. And- Oh my gosh. I love 3D printing. I got exposed to it because I was a TA for my school's like summer program for high school students. And we did like a three week program where we introduced them to uh, electrical engineering for seven days. And then we did a seven day program for mechanical engineering. So I just signed up to be like an assistant uh, for the mechanical engineering part, even though I know nothing about what that all encompasses. (laughs) But I was like, we had a PhD student leading it. I'm like, she'll teach me and I get to learn from her. So I was like, you know, it's a little selfish there. And, um, we gave the students cause it was all virtual. So they got their own mini 3d printer and they, we, we were able to like walk them through the process of like getting the G code and, uh, printing out little things and it was so much fun but I on the side I bought my own filament I was printing out Pokemon <laughs> figures and all kinds of things because I just I'm obsessed like when I'm out of school I'm totally gonna be one of those people with like a 3d printer just for fun. yeah it's so cool. awesome
0: and actually I'll cut in even though I know nothing about 3d <laughs> here's my opinions um, no so my I'm whispering because my husband's birthday is in a few days and Haley was actually able to help me find a very affordable 3d printer for him and so yeah I think if you're a hobby um, hobbyist with 3d printing I think it's like definitely something
2: you can affordably get into so exciting and I'm like whoa people do that for like a living and like (laughs) that is so cool
1: Yeah, no, that's so awesome that you, like, reached, like, did a reach-out program as well, and I kind of want to talk about that, too, and some of the other stuff that you're involved with, um, like, the Girls Who Code thing, also, so, yeah, tell us all about that, I, I, you know, I love that kind of stuff, so,
2: yeah, um, so, I work with, um, uh, Girls Who Code, and that's, like, for the whole, like, school year, and, um, I'm like the, t- the the assistant for um, the beginner level. So we're teaching Scratch first and then Python. And I, I feel so, like, you know, talking about imposter syndrome, I feel like I shouldn't even be TAing that because I feel like I don't know coding enough. But that's like, again, I know it's imposter syndrome because I had to take an intro course. I had to take a microcontroller's course. I know enough to teach a beginner class. But yeah, it's like a constant even it's a constant like battle in my mind, you know, like what what am I doing? Like yeah. But yeah, it's it's so much fun. It's definitely definitely challenging through Zoom <laughs> because, you know, teenagers they're not going to turn on their camera, you know, so it we're just talking to the void. And that's been a challenge. But uh, I also I I like that I I did this, you know, uh, it's a it's a wonderful experience because I get to strengthen my my own skills, because if you the best way to know if you understand something is to teach it. So it's given me opportunities to kind of strengthen my own skills. Talk to us a little bit more um, about, like,
0: is this high school age that you're teaching? And I've heard of, Haley's talked to me a little bit about G-code, but I've not heard of Scratch. Like, is that, what exactly are you programming? Is this like a CNC machine? What do you
2: Yeah, so Scratch is like an MIT uh, drag and drop coding system, and you can like make little flash games on there. And it's very versatile. Like I I walked in knowing what it was, but it, it's still like I was learning like, whoa, you can do all of that with this. And yeah, you can look it up. People do animations and all kinds of things with, with Scratch. And,
0: and these are high school kids or are these like freshmen in your program?
2: Yeah, so I believe the youngest we have is ninth grade or eighth or ninth grade. So yeah, and then we go all the way up And there's different levels. So there's like beginner, then there's intermediate level, then there's like advanced, but there's I think there's like a web developing uh, web development section too. I'm not really sure, but yeah, it's it's a pretty pretty big group. You said that you like playing
0: video games. Is this something that like the video game industry uses, or is it just like a smaller game type creation system?
2: Yeah, I, I think it's it's just a small little learning tool uh it's it's you know i think it's really fun for kids i think that's the whole point it's to make it look like a game itself and it it does teach like the 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 concepts translate very well into other languages cuz all languages lo- use loops and you know all different types of uh the component the building blocks in there
1: no, that's great. I, I I think I actually will look into this because I've been kind of wanting to like try to learn a little bit about coding. And so it'd be nice to know what you're teaching, like younger girls. Yeah. Um, because yeah. Uh, Cause I've, I've tried some of like other coding, like softwares and stuff, but it'd be ni- yeah, nice to check this one out too.
2: How did you get into that program? Uh, so I've known um, the woman who runs the women in engineering program at my school, and um, she's, she's the one who hired me, uh, and I've known her for a while. Uh, she knows my struggles very well, like with school and everything, and honestly, I wouldn't be in school. I don't think I would have been in school if I hadn't met her, because she's just been a rock for me. And um, when she told me that this opportunity was opening up, I was like, yeah, aye, uh, aye, I, 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 captain, I'm I'm down. Yeah, so really quickly, uh, Kayla, how did you um, transition
0: us really quickly back to how you ended up, I almost said New York, too, back in Chicago, back in the United States, because you were here, then you were in Puerto Rico. How did you end up back in the United States?
2: Yeah, so... I I met my husband through, uh, like through church basically. And I think my church was a sister church of his. We went to like a youth conference, um, uh, back. Oh my gosh. I can't even remember the year. And we saw each other. We didn't talk, but later, uh, we got, um, connected through MySpace, which is is there anything that can age you more than saying you were on MySpace? I don't think so um but yeah uh we met we were talking through MySpace, and he's from Chicago so uh once I finished school and I we just got married and and we moved out
0: here when Sam told me that you guys kind of like reconnected through MySpace, yeah I was like this is the most incredible thing I've ever. Heard. I know it's so <laughs> And then crazy. I had explained to Haley what oh, <laughs> friends
2: were I had explained her. I'm like Haley. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah. HTML code. We taught ourselves that. Like That's we were right. just like it was trial and error. Uh wait, you have to put a backslash here in order for this to show up. And like I remember programmers. Right.
1: <laughs> That's what we should do for social media. They should like teach. They should, yeah, have that yeah. stuff. So they you should have to
0: work soda. for it a little bit more.
1: Exactly. <laughs> learn a thing or two. <laughs>
0: so the final question that we wanted to ask you is when you get a foot or more of snow in Chicago and you think about the tropical weather that you left behind in Puerto
1: Rico,
2: do you get mad at your husband? <laughs> I oh wouldn't. my gosh. That's, that's a good one. Um, yes and no, because shockingly enough, I, I love Puerto Rico, but I don't miss the heat and the humidity because it was so like, it was a lot. And I, I miss, I do miss Puerto Rico when I have to walk to the bus and, and the train because people don't always shovel their sidewalks and, Aww. oh man, I'm like slipping and sliding all the way to the bus. It's so bad. Aww. That's when I miss it. Yeah. Definitely not a problem in Puerto
0: Rico. No, oh my
2: gosh, no. Yeah.
0: Haley and I are gonna go to Puerto Rico in December. Any (laughs) tips or (laughs) (laughs) you thinking that?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Tips. Um, so I would definitely go see the rainforest. It is so beautiful. I'm gonna write these down. Yeah, in Junque, That is Samantha is a nut job. She would jump off these high rocks off the waterfall into the. She I never did it. I I'm not like a risk taker that way, but I love swimming there. I don't know if it's open for swimming. I think it is. Back when I went, they were still recovering from Hurricane Maria and it just got destroyed. So I think it should be open again.
0: Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm actually I'm trying to get Sam to
2: come so oh shoot okay Maybe yeah she comes, she'll I'll just
0: be like take me
2: everywhere <laughs> yeah definitely so she'll, she'll know she she loves and so much so she's a little a little frog
0: awesome <laughs> and then actually this just popped into my head Haley, is there let's ask kayla is it kayla is there anything you would want to say is there any advice you have for People who have kind of come from your background, or are going through your struggles, or anyone in general—is there like kind of any general advice that you would give to a young woman in a STEM field trying to finish school?
2: Oh, yeah, I, I, I always say that I am always ready to give unsolicited advice, so I we love have that backlogged in my mind. But I, I think the number one thing I would say is just don't let fear dominate your mind, because Fear will win if you let it. And that's so important. Like you can do it. Remind yourself that you, you can, like you really can do this. Um, I think another one is don't be afraid to ask for help. That is a big one. You're gonna need help. You're it, it's so it's so beneficial to hear it from your peers. How how are they learning this material? You know, ask ask your peers for help if you can ask your professors and you you would be surprised like how much you can learn from that and prioritize self-care. Definitely. That's a big one. You cannot, you cannot do anything without your health. So always put physical and mental health before school. So, yeah, I think those are the ones that I'm telling myself this every day pretty pretty much wow
1: that's so great I mean you just beautifully wrapped up the episode and yeah hit the major thing so thank you yeah some good advice for for me as well and, and I'm sure Syra too so yeah Thanks. yeah
0: we're we're done with school but it's not life just one big class that we're struggling through
2: and <laughs> <laughs> we're getting okay grades <laughs> right right I I think another thing I I didn't mentioned, but I feel is so important. There's like, I I had this mentality through a lot of my courses where I felt like if I'm not understanding every single intimate detail, then I'm clearly not learning enough. So then I have to withdraw from this course or I'm going to have to retake it or I'm going to have to do remedial work uh, during the summer to to make up for this. And I, I used to do that to myself all the time. And I still low-key do, <laughs> but that's, don't do that. Like, don't do that. I don't think anyone leaves an engineering class understanding every single, you know, detail about a course. And I don't know if that's perfectionism or if that's a little bit of like imposter syndrome rearing its head. But yeah, that is so, that that is self-sabotage. Absolutely. Like thinking that
0: way. Yeah that was definitely like advice that i needed to hear so
1: yeah <laughs> yeah it's so easy to think that everybody else is knowing everything and soaking all the information in right.
2: so, it always goes that way
1: yeah but that's great it's nice to like hear that too
0: well kayla yeah. this was really really great and i loved hearing from you i know haley did too i think that sometimes like when we talk to someone we really want to emphasize that this is like a. Now we're never going to talk to you again. This is the beginning of a relationship. We would love to hear from you, you know, when you reach that finish line, when we, we know you will, and we would love to like, you know, touch base with you again. So let's keep this an open conversation. And, you know, our support is totally with you. We know you can reach that finish line. So yeah, go get it. And thank you so much for talking to
2: us today. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. This was so much fun.
1: Thank you so much for all of our listeners too uh, for supporting us for season two, um, Syrah, specifically Syrah has been super motivated to get this podcast train moving, so I'm thankful for her for that, uh, she's kind of tugging me a little, (laughs) a little bit on, but, uh, it's making me excited. I was the deadbeat
0: for season one, (laughs) now you're the deadbeat for season two.
1: (laughs) I mean, you know, it works, it works, uh, and it helps having, um, awesome podcasts and awesome, uh, guests come on, like Kayla, Uh, To really keep us motivated um, and doing our podcast as well so we can uh, spread more cool advice and positivity to other women um, in the field. So now on uh, uh, the platform that we make the podcast, we're able to uh, put a poll on uh, that you can answer after the episode. And so I'm not sure what uh, this episode's poll will be. But if you're on, a, I think, a phone or tablet, you can go and scroll down on the episode itself. Um, and you should be able to see the poll. We'll try to post it some other ways too. Um, it's just a little bit of a thing so that you guys can interact with us. And um, yeah, so I guess we know what what you want to hear for future podcasts. Yeah. So.
0: And that poll is on, on Spotify. I haven't checked any other platforms but it's on Spotify and it's not on their web browser like Haley mentioned yeah mobile or tablet sure and you might be able uh,
1: to go to the anchor page as well uh oh are you okay maybe
0: (laughs) not really sure you tell us you tell
1: us (laughs) um but yeah thanks again everybody Bye. bye
0: bye